Hello, everybody. Dang, are y'all awake? Hello, everybody. Yeah, sick. Hey, my name is Pastor Elijah. If you don't know me, um, I'm apparently illustrious. I am uh, your humble youth pastor here at Home Church. I'm doing it for a couple years now, and let me tell you, it has been the greatest thing I ever have done with my life. <laughs> I love y'all teenagers. They are everything to me. They're literally the reason why I get up out of bed in the morning. Um, and yeah, my name is Pastor Elijah. I am 21 years old. Um, everybody said, wow, you're such a kid. Yeah, I came on at 19, so the Lord works in mysterious ways. <laughs> but um, before we get started today, um, I'm actually, it's kind of bright out here. I need to put some suns on. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I walked into church today. I wasn't expecting a, a light show, so it's easier on my eyes. And actually, I didn't sleep very well last night, um, so I'm actually kind of tired, so bear with me. Um, I'm also kind of hungry. I've not eaten yet this morning. I'm looking forward to lunch. Um, but honestly, all these, all these things kind of make it hard to preach. And between you and me, I don't really feel like doing it, so I'm actually going to leave. Bye. <laughs> Bye. See ya. I'm not kidding. Bye. No, I'm kidding. That would be ridiculous, wouldn't it? <laughs> that would be so silly of me to let how I feel govern how I accomplish the assignment the Lord has given me, huh? <laughs> today's going to be fun, bro. I'm excited. <laughs> yeah, we came out swinging today. Today we're talking about our attitude. Everybody say attitude. attitude. Fantastic. Uh, I'm a youth pastor, and I really like a whole lot of class engagement. I say it every time I get up here. So when I say repeat something after me, please repeat yourself after me because <laughs> I feel weird when they don't say anything back. There are Wednesdays where I say that and they look at me like, huh? Um, so I got to say it again and repeat myself. But today we're talking about attitude and the Lord and pastor dad has blessed me with the uh, amazing opportunity to speak to y'all today. And I believe that God has given me a really good assignment to uh, preach this word to y'all today, regardless of Regardless about how I feel, because even though those things are true, I didn't sleep very well last night. I'm still super hungry and I'm a little tired. Um, I am still going to do this assignment to the best of my ability and it's going to be fantastic. Amen? Amen. Period. Well, um, we're going to be in uh, Exodus today, at Exodus 16, so y'all can turn there real quick if you want. Um, I know y'all might be getting a Bible story fatigue. We've been talking about Moses and the promised land and that kind of stuff for the past month. And uh, guess what? We're going to talk about Moses in the promised land again today. So <laughs> hopefully you're not too tired of it, but I believe that the Lord has given us something new to learn today. And I got I to gotta, um, preface this. I know you've probably connected the dots so far, but I talk really quick. Um, I talk to teenagers for a living, and you got to talk quick. So if you don't, they're going to fall asleep on you, and it's going to be an absolute mess. So hopefully you all are buckled in and got your listening ears on because it's going to be going real quick. But I believe the Lord has got something good for you all. Today. So we're going to be in Exodus chapter 16. Uh, we're going to start in verse 3. But before we get into the story, uh, I'm going to recap for you real quick in case you missed um, a couple of our Sunday services prior to this one. Or you may not know the story of Moses and the Israelites and wandering in the wilderness. So in a classic uh, youth style, I'm going to recap um, the story real quick up until this point. So we find the Israelites, God's chosen people, um, in slavery in Egypt. 
and uh, they're in slavery in Egypt because Pharaoh uh, was scared. He was like, dang, there's a whole lot of Hebrews out here. You know, they might rise up and take over the country, so we got to um, we got to enslave them. So the Hebrew people have been in slavery um, for almost four, actually more than 400 years. Uh, they spent in Egypt in um, oppression from the Egyptians. And all that time they're crying out to God. They're saying, God, please help us. God, please help us deliver us from this situation. We really need to get out of here. And God's like, all right. So he appoints this dude named Moses to go to Pharaoh and say, hey, let my people go. And if you've seen the Prince of Egypt, he sings the song and it's fantastic. And he says, let my people go. And Pharaoh's eventually, after a whole lot of miracles, signs and wonders and craziness, uh, Pharaoh's heart eventually, you know, lets uh, the Israelites go. And Moses is like, cool. So he leads them out of Egypt. And uh, they get to the Red Sea. They part the Red Sea. It's fantastic. Then Pharaoh chases after them. God brings down the water on top of them. Egypt's wiped out. The uh, Israelites are bawling. You know, they, they leave and they're, they're living pretty good. They're like sick. So our enemies have been defeated and we left slavery. Slavery was terrible. And now we are on the way to the promised land, the place we've heard of for so long, the place that we've been looking forward to forever. And everything is peachy <laughs> for about three seconds. <laughs> and then... They start grumbling. Everybody say grumbling. grumbling. So Pastor Dad last week talked a lot about uh, the grumbling of the Israelites and how um, because they were grumbling, they were unable to um, eventually, you know, conquer the promised land. They had to wait for the next generation under them to go ahead and take it um, after this group we're talking about today. And um, one of the grumblings they had was they got hungry. How many of y'all are hungry right now? Anybody? I'm starving. I can't wait for lunch. <laughs> um, but as people do, they get hungry. You know, they've been walking around the wilderness for, you know, a couple months, and they're, they're on their way to the goal, on their way to their ultimate assignment, and they get kind of hungry. And they start, ask, they start asking each other. They start asking, you know, um, around a little bit. They're like, hey, little Timmy hasn't eaten in like three days. Uh, he's kind of hungry. My wife is hungry. That means I'm hungry because she's annoyed and I'm annoyed. So, like, we got to figure this out. So that family starts talking to the other families, and the other families start talking to everybody, and everybody gets in this big ruckus. Imagine millions of people just super upset because they're super hungry. Um, so they go to Moses, and they're like, hey, Moses, where the food at? And um, <laughs> Moses' response is like, why do you, God's going to provide, you know, what, what's the issue here? And uh, Moses eventually has enough of this complaining. Uh, and this is what the Israelites say to Moses in Exodus chapter 16, verse 3. This is the goofiest thing I've ever read in the Bible. There's some weird stuff in the Bible, but this little phrase blows my mind. Because the Israelites start saying this. Why didn't God let us die in comfort in Egypt where we had lamb stew and all the bread we could eat? You've brought us out into the wilderness to starve us to death, the whole company of Israel. That's insane. That's a little goofy. You know, the slavery thing for 400 years, we forgot that already. We're already dissatisfied with how things are going. That is ridiculous. Let me, this is them. They look ridiculous. Why didn't God let us die in comfort in Egypt where we had lamb stew and all the bread we could eat? You've brought us out into the wilderness to starve us to death, the whole company of Israel. That's ridiculous. That's insane. Like, have you already forgotten how goofy they must have looked asking for what they thought they wanted? And here's the issue. I'm nervous to give this word because I feel like the, the first half of it's going to feel like a lot of how dare you. Um, but trust me, bear with me. The second half is going to be really encouraging and uplifting and fantastic. But right now, put yourself in their shoes because I think 
we fall victim to this mentality all the time. <laughs> God, if we only had this one thing, everything would be cool. If we only had, if we only had food, if there was only a Chick-fil-A on the way to the promised land, we'd be chilling. <laughs> but there wasn't. They're walking. They don't know. They don't know what's going on. They just know that they begin an assignment to go conquer the promised land. And instead of focusing on their assignments, they're asking for an answer. God, why? Why? Same thing we do. God, if I only had blank, everything would be cool. What's interesting about that statement is that there is always an opportunity for grumbling that comes after gratitude. Israel was super stoked. It says actually right after they, part, uh, they leave the Red Sea and they get like on the other side of it, they start like throwing a party. They start praising the Lord, like praise God, hallelujah. The Bible talks about how loud the praise was. It was fantastic. They finally been delivered. They got their answer. They have accomplished step one. And then they walk for a little bit and how quickly their viewpoint changes because there's always that opportunity. There's always that open door. Because the, the sooner that the devil can take away that happiness, that gratitude, the sooner you're, you're going to fall back into captivity in Egypt. Amen. It happens real quick and it happens without us knowing sometimes because for some reason we expect everything to just be handed to us. I don't know if that's a cultural thing or a 2023 thing, but we're very much like, I want it now. Like, let's go. Why don't I have this? Because we, we live in a world we can look on our phone and be like, I can literally order anything on the planet right now if I wanted to on my phone. It would be here in like two days. And even that is too long of a wait. <laughs> $25 for shipping to get it tomorrow afternoon? Yeah, that's a good idea. Or it's free to get it, you know, 12 hours after that. It's ridiculous. God, if I only had this one thing. Have you ever met someone who has been asking for something for so long yet they can't seem to be happy once they get it? It's so annoying. <laughs> um, a little bit about me. Uh, I physically would rather like explode than like tell you how I feel about a lot of the things. I don't know what it is, but for some reason, complaining is not something that kind of just comes out of me. Uh, I'm very much a, I'm dealing with my thing. It's no one else's problem. Don't let anybody, is anybody else like that? Like, don't, you don't, don't worry about me. I'm chilling. Um, but when I get around people, <laughs> That all they want to do is tell you exactly how they feel at the moment. It, dude, it drives me insane. <laughs> it drives me crazy. Because it's like, what are you complaining about? From my perspective, from my point of view, I don't get it. Because you seem to have everything you need. And your point of view, you're, you're chilling. You're like, I'm justified in complaining about no Chick-fil-A. It's closed on Sunday. How dare they honor the Lord? What the heck? From your point of view, you're completely justified. You're like, yeah, I get it. From someone else's point of view, you're like, dude, there's, there's 40 million chicken places to choose from on a Sunday. We live in Oklahoma, bro. You got Cane's. You got, pop, you got like 30 different choices. Why are you so upset about your Chick-fil-A, bro? To a greater extent, you know somebody that's been believing for something for a long time, believing for anything, whether it's a job or a family or a kid or like, you know, whatever it may be. And you know them through their entire growing season. Oh, I'm growing right now. The Lord is telling me something. And you know them for that entire time. And they finally get what it is they're get, asking for. And two weeks later, you, dude, uh, it's the honeymoon phase, bro. You've been, uh, I, my, myself, I've been believing for a girlfriend for quite some time. One of these days, the Lord's going to bless me with a woman of God. And it's going to be fantastic. Um, but how silly would it, oh, dude, if I, if y'all know me, I've been asking for this kind of thing for a long time. 
How stupid would it be of me? How, how silly do you think I would look if I've been asking for this thing for years and years and years, I finally get it. We go, it's fantastic. I get married. We go on our honeymoon. We get back a month later. Dude, all this girl wants to do is spend my money. <laughs> all this girl wants, she wants me to take a shower? What? I smell bad? She wants me to care what I look like when I leave the house? She keeps me up at night with questions. What were you thinking today? I wasn't thinking anything, quite honestly. How goofy would I look if I've been believing for something for so long and immediately it's, oh, I'm losing sleep. You know, building for a baby, you know. I'm sorry, Justin. Justin just had a, a very cute little baby. I'm going to pick on you for a second, <laughs> Pastor Justin. Oh, we're living for a kid. Thank God. Praise Jesus. Hallelujah. The sun has arrived. Three weeks later, I have not gotten a night of sleep. <laughs> and from your point of view, you're like, oh, it, you know, it's, it, the kid cries. I'm going to lose sleep. It's whatever. But somebody else has been living for the exact same thing for a long time. And they're looking at you saying, why are you complaining about that when I would give anything to be in your situation? Have you already forgotten Egypt, the 400 years of slavery? Have you already forgotten your believing for your kid or your, for your marriage or for your job? Have you already forgotten where you started? You know how silly you look to some people? How frustrating that has to be? Israel was in captivity for 400 years, but for what? Yeah, God, you know, deliver us. We're out of here. Praise the Lord. Moses, oh, we're going to be walking to the promised land for a little bit. And they say, we have to walk? We have to walk to the promised land? There's not going to be any food, no pit stops along the way? You want me to work on this marriage, bro? You mean... In order to uh, have that job that I've been proclaiming, I gotta work a little bit harder to get that promotion? You mean I gotta work on the weekends maybe? Mm. I don't know about that. Because we, we just want the end goal. We want the assignment to com be completed without the steps required to take it, you know? God, I wanna be closer to you in 2023. You mean you want me to volunteer in church? <laughs> Somebody said, ooh. <laughs> hey, I'm just a youth pastor. I get to go hide on Wednesdays. I don't have to be up here every Sunday, so I can say what I want. <laughs> you mean you want me to give in the offering? What? It's tough. It's hard to hear because, oh, God, ooh. This past Wednesday, uh, we talked about um, in small groups, um, if you could go back in time, to Moses' day and tell him something that would keep him from uh, hitting the rock twice. Remember that, where he hit the rock twice and he wasn't allowed into the promised land? If you could go back in time and tell him something to like keep him from doing that, what would you say? And my little sister Zoe, shout out to Zoe, um, gave me a very basic answer. And at first I was like, what the heck? But then eventually I was like, okay, that actually makes sense. She said, just don't hit it. <laughs> just don't do the thing that you were told not to do. 
And everybody in the group was like, yeah, yeah, that was good. And I'm sitting there like, I was hoping for something a little bit more deeper than that. But lo and behold, the deeper came, bro. Because we talked about, we talked about how easy it is to tell someone else, don't do that. But when it becomes applicable to us, it's the hardest thing in the world. (laughs) It's so easy to look at somebody and say, fix your attitude. Your attitude sucks. But for us, you know, I gotta go to work today. Because from your point of view, you're so justified. You're like, yeah. The Lord has called me to be blah, 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 blah. You're dragging your feet. We like to say that, that we like to claim the things, you know. I'm going to be successful in 2023. I'm going to get that job. I'm going to get that promotion. I'm going to get that marriage. And God's like, all right, bet. We're going to go. We're going to get there. But we're going to go on a little bit of a journey. And the journey part scares us. We said, er, I don't really want to do that. And so we're going to go back to, to the Israelites. They're asking for food, right? They're hungry. They're like, God, we need food. Give us the wacky pack, please. And uh, God's like, all right, fine. Look, so you know what he does? He makes bread fall from the sky. What the heck? <laughs> he makes bread fall from the sky. And they're like, oh, this is cool, I guess. But where's the, where's the chicken at? Where's the, where's the meat for my... For my Sandwich. Bread is falling from the sky, bro. This ain't cloudy the chance of meatballs. God has given you bread from heaven. And they're like, "Mm, I wanted pork, actually. (laughs) Can you imagine a pig fell from the sky? No, I'm kidding. This isn't my favorite bread. I asked for a baguette and I got a loaf. Um... So God's like, all right, so he gives him the, the quail. The quail starts swarming around. There's quail so thick you can reach out and grab it with your hand if you wanted to. It's crazy. And God gives him instructions. He says, hey, I'm giving you this food to eat. Take what you need for today because tomorrow you got to trust in me. I'm going to bring it back. Don't take stuff for the weekend. Don't take stuff for whatever. Just believe that I've got you for today. And guess what they do? They don't care. And they start building up all this stuff. They start going out there and gathering all this food. And they keep it for themselves. Because, you know, what if something happens tomorrow and we don't get our bread? You know what happens to that bread they stored up? It turned into nasty garbage. The Bible says there's worms in it. There's like mold in it. It's gross. Because God said, don't take what you don't need for today. It's just a little bit of trust. You think if God said, hey, here's bread from the sky, just eat it today because I'm going to come through tomorrow, you'd be like, all right, bet. You know, that's cool. Bread from the sky, that makes sense to me, yeah. If this is happening, I'm sure he'll come through tomorrow, you know? But they were like, nah, I don't want to trust you that much, you know? So God, uh, in uh, Exodus chapter 16, verse 28, God says to Moses, how long are you going to disobey my commands and not follow my instructions? God's like, how long are you going to treat me like this? How long are you just going to be focused on your answer? God, why am I so hungry? God, where's the food at? Instead of focusing on the assignment, had they just kept going? I'm, it's not, God didn't lead you somewhere to leave you there, bro. He didn't lead you out of captivity. He didn't lead you out of slavery just for you to be like, oh, I guess I'm going to die here. There's no way God would just let them die out there. I don't know what would have happened because God's infinitely creative. But they're sitting here begging for it, and God's like, what, what are you doing? How long are you going to be like this? 
How long are you going to be looking goofy asking God for a Chick-fil-A sandwich from the sky when I have made you a way to get out of the situation you were in 400 years, you know? Like, what are we doing? And ultimately what I found is their complaints are just rooted in dissatisfaction. They're dissatisfied with how their assignment is being brought about. They don't like how they're being delivered and that's when he was like, Pfft. let me uh, paint a picture for you. Um, here's your, uh, your life-altering viewpoint. Next time you go get, like, once you guys go to, like, restaurants and stuff for lunch, you're going to be looking at the restaurant atmosphere completely different, okay? So my first job, I worked at Hideaway Pizza. Um, if you're looking for a job, don't work there. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, maybe just not mine. Hideaway Pizza is fantastic. I think the food is phenomenal, but working there was terrible. Um, I got the job there literally as soon as I can. Uh, I think it was like 16, I think is like the age you got to be. So literally like the day after my birthday, I was like, let's go to Hideaway. So I worked there for um, like two years and then I took a break and then uh, I went back there because I didn't have any other option. Trust me, I tried not to go back, but I had to. Um, but starting off, because I was so like young, uh, the only positions available were like busser, dishwasher, or like a host. And um, I got put in the host situation, but it doesn't mean I didn't do everything else because your pastor is a workaholic and he can't just sit there and watch something not get done. <laughs> so I was everywhere all the time. I was always zipping around. But um, the main thing I did was I was a host. So that means every single weekend I was there from four to close, which was anywhere between 10 to whenever the last person left. So I was standing there for hours <laughs> being a host. The nerd that sits at the front desk and says, how many? And you say, four. And you're like, eh. Writes the thing down. That was me. That was my job. And let me give you a little bit of a perspective. Everybody say perspective. Everybody say perspective. perspective. Sick. That's going to be one of your keywords for the day is perspective. To give you a little bit of perspective, um, when you walk into a restaurant, and the host asks you how many or whatever, and you tell them your number, their objective is not to seat you as fast as they can, it's to seat you as efficiently as possible. Here's what this means. If I get a phone call 30 minutes in advance from um, little Billy, and he's saying, hey, my entire baseball team of 40 people is coming in in half an hour. I'm gonna go, okay. I'm going to write it down, and I'm going to start making a plan of how to seat 40 people when they walk in the door. And that means when there's open tables, I'm going to start putting them all together to make one big happy conglomerate so that they can all sit together and I won't have to deal with them complaining. <laughs> now, when you walk in with your party of two, five minutes before they walk in the door and say, party of two, please, for a booth. Don't ask for a booth. Just sit where you sit, please. <laughs> Sorry. Um, you walk in, oh, party two. And you're like, all right, it's going to be uh, like 15, 20 minutes. And you're looking around going, but there's all these open tables. Whoo. You want to know how to sit in the worst spot in the restaurant? Tell your host that. <laughs> because I know what's about to come. I know there's an army of children about to walk in this door. And if I seat y'all party of two at a table meant for 40, that's not very efficient. That stinks. 
for me and everyone else involved because nobody wants a waiting station full of 40 people, especially 40 kids. And this is what happens. So uh, 20 minutes go by, and now you've been patiently waiting, sitting there, oh, I can't believe, uh, how long does it take to clean the table? And eventually I'm like, all right, uh, whatever, uh, Jethro, party of two, your table's this way. So I got my menus, and I take you to your table, smack them on the table. Here you go, anything else for you? No, it's all right. Sit down. Dude, the complaints, I'm telling you, I have heard everything from the sun is in my eyes, can you close the blinds, to the music's too loud, to my table's wet, can you just bust it, to there's crap on the floor, to every, like, you hear it all. Everybody's got something to say about your service when they get greeted with a different, ex, different solution to their expectation. They walk in the door and they expect something, and the second it's not met, everything after that, woo. I've had people walk out because I sat them. They're like, I can't, the sun is in my eyes. I'm like, do you want me to turn off the sun? I can't help you. I'm sorry. <laughs> I like close the blinds. Like, it's still too bright. I'm like, The sun is in my eyes. Or, oh, my food's taking too long. I'm sorry, there's a, there's a party of 40 people. I'm trying to get your food to you as soon as I can. You're looking silly. But from your host's perspective, you've been delivered from where you came from to where you needed to go as efficiently as possible. To them, it makes sense. I know where I got to put them so that they have their best experience so everybody gets what they need. But from our perspective... For some reason, you're getting, like, left out. For some reason, they know something you don't. Or, you know, well, I didn't get what I needed, so their service must be terrible. No. Your host is getting you to point A to point B as best they can. And we walk in with this idea that, you know, well, I need this met, I need this met, I need this met. I'm like, dude, you're at Hideaway Pizza. This is not Ruth's Chris, okay? Your host has done his job delivering you to your seat, but you will never be content as long as you are there because you are dissatisfied with your service. This is what um, Israel was doing. Israel was dissatisfied with how their freedom was being delivered to them even after 400 years of asking for it. They were knocking at the host's desk saying, hey, what are we doing, what are we doing, what are we doing? I've got all these complaints. I've been standing here for 10 minutes. You know how silly they must have looked? I'm going to keep doing the sunglasses thing. You know how goofy they must have looked? Asking God, you know, where is this? Where's my food? Where's my manna? Where's my water? Where's my blue? When God is like, dude, I'm just trying to get you from one point to the other. And because you are so dissatisfied with how I'm doing it, guess what? You're going to be waiting for a lot longer. (laughs) This is what we call... This is what I call the jail of the mind. Everybody say, the jail, the jail. Of, the mind. of the mind. The jail of the mind. Whew. The jail of the mind is where your answer does not meet your expectation. Looking from a different perspective, everyone can say it's easy to see that Israel was being silly for not thanking God for what God was doing. But it's hard when it's applicable to us. It's so difficult. It's so hard. How long have you been grumbling or complaining when you should have been praising the Lord? It's so opposite because for some reason, again, we walk in with a hideaway mindset. Oh, I'm about to get served real quick. 
And even though God eventually does bring you your pizza, oh, it took, it took too long. Oh, I had to wait for my table. Yeah, like you see what I'm trying to, I'm getting kind of redundant, but like you see what I'm trying to say? <laughs> we had this level of expectation and the second it's not met, it is over. The jail of the mind. Israel never left Egypt in their minds. They carried their jail with them wherever they went. Physically, they were free, but mentally they were held captive. Still. They're still slaves to that mindset. We are still slaves to that mindset. We talked a lot about uh, in youth this past Wednesday about um, going into 2023 with this level of expectation that you or we are going to take the steps necessary to get to where God wants us to be this year. And I give examples, all kinds of examples, and uh, <laughs> some of them were a little bit hard to hear because they were very personal. Ew, I just spit everywhere. <laughs> like, um, you know, God, I don't know why I'm waiting for this job. You've called me, you know, to be prosperous, whatever. And God's like, apply. <laughs> why? <laughs> what are you complaining about? You have every opportunity to do what it is you're trying to do, but you're so focused why you don't have the job that there's not willing to do the thing. God, I want to get married this year. You know how, oh my goodness, you know how silly. God, I want to get married this year. Today is the year I'm going to meet the one. This is it. She's finally going to come. It's going to be fantastic. And your buddy's like, that's everything, dude. I love that you're so excited for that. What are you doing to get to that point? How are you preparing? I'm watching porn. No, I'm being serious. Like, that's how we treat it. Because in our perspective, isn't that how it's supposed to be? How many of y'all know that is not how God intended things to be? God, you know, I'm asking for a boyfriend. Please, God, Lord Jesus. And then, you know, you take the first thing that comes. You know why? Because that is satisfying how you feel in the moment, but God is trying to lead you somewhere else. You're dissatisfied with how you feel in the moment and you're looking for a way out. You're saying, this is what I need right now. And God's like, no, I'm trying to get you from here to here. Israel, I need food right now. God's like, no, you need to get there. God, I need to feel love right now. That You're not going to find that on the internet, bro. God, I need this job this year. God, I really need to make some more money. God, I got fired this year. Then go apply, go work, put in the hours. Let's, let's get this thing moving. How are you preparing for your job? Uh, I'm sitting at home waiting for it to fall on my lap. No, dude, you look silly. I, uh, I'm a big movie buff. I really like movies. Anybody like movies? Love movies. There was an epic movie called The Karate Kid. Um, <laughs> Not the, not the doo-doo one with uh, uh, Smith, whatever his name is. The real one, you know, with Mr. Miyagi and all that. Why, why did Daniel go to uh, Mr. Miyagi? He wanted to learn karate. He wanted to defend himself. He got beat up. He got pumped on one day. And he's like, I've had enough of this. I'm going to learn how to do the thing. He wants to learn how to fight. How did Mr. Miyagi answer he said, clean my car, Daniel's son. <laughs> wax on, wax off, yeah. <laughs> Daniel, I want to learn how to fight. And Mr. Maggie says, all right, go clean my car. Go paint my uh, fence real quick. <laughs> Daniel felt like an idiot. 
Why on earth do I need to be cleaning this fool's car when I asked him to learn how to cha-cha, you know? His answer did not meet up to his expectation. He wanted to learn how to do karate. He wanted to conquer the promised land. He wanted the job. He wanted the relationship. But when Mr. Miyagi, Sensei God, said, hey, go clean my car, he felt like a fool. But guess what? He was learning how to fight before he even realized it. I may not know why I'm walking to the promised land and it's taken so daggum long, but maybe along the way you're learning karate. <laughs> God, I don't know why there's no food falling from the sky, but by golly, do I know how to wash a car. <laughs> God, I don't know why my job is taking so long to get here, but by God's grace, I know how to paint a fence. God, I don't know why my marriage is taking so much effort. I don't know why my job is taking so long to get here. I don't know why my wife is complaining. I don't know why my school looks like this. I don't know why I'm failing at this. I don't know why I got fired. I don't know why this, 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 this. But my Lord, do I know how to clean a car and paint a fence. Because when the fight comes and Mr. Miyagi starts throwing punches at you, you're going to know how to wax on, wax off before you even realize you knew what you were doing. It's like, come on, man. You wanted to learn how to fight. Guess what? You're being taught how to fight right now. How are you going to respond to the thing you're not really expecting? When your answer is, go wax my car, when, when God looks at you and says, all right, apply yourself. Why are you complaining when you've come from here and now you're here? Have you already forgotten what happened here? And that punch comes, what, you're going you're gonna to collapse you're gonna get when Cobra Kai comes knocking at your door and says, "Hey, you're fired." Are you gonna? Oh, oh my life is over. Oh, I can't believe this happened to me. Oh my gosh, I can't believe it. I'm here again. Or are you gonna wax off? Get out of here. When you see the reason that you've been through all that you've been troubled with, you'll know karate. Have you ever thought that maybe the promised land, you know, there's that little season of waiting, that season of, uh, I don't know what's going to happen. I don't have the food. Lord, I don't have my boyfriend yet. <sighs> Lord, I don't have this. I don't have this. I don't have this. What the heck is going on? Have you ever thought that maybe the promised land was preparing them for conquering or the, the wait was preparing them to conquering the promised land? Because I don't know uh, if you all know the story, but conquering the promised land, even though they had God, still was not a walk in the park. <laughs> they still had to, you know, fight and conquer and all that kind of stuff. I'm sure there were times where they went without food sometimes or went without whatever, but the Lord ended up providing because guess what? They conquered it. Maybe that season of, I don't know what's going to happen next, was God saying, I'm preparing you for your assignment. I'm preparing you to conquer the promised land. I'm preparing you to do whatever it is you're trying to do. But all we're focused on is the answer. God, why don't I have this? Why don't I have that? God, why is my mom yelling at me? God, blah, 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 blah. 
When God's like, dude, I have called you to something. But you're so focused on what you don't have. You're so focused on, you know, all the mess. Y'all tracking with me? You're going to be walking out of here doing, you know, karate chops and stuff. We're going to talk about uh, one more jail. This is the jail of the body. Everybody say the jail. Of the body. This is the jail where you are physically in a situation that isn't making sense to you. The jail of the mind was mentally you just weren't there. Mentally you're still held captive in Egypt. The jail of the body is where you find yourself physically in a situation that you're sitting there going, I don't know what is going to happen. I don't know how we're going to get out of this one. I don't know how I'm going to fight them off, you know. Where are you at in your life in this situation? This is where, you know, the unexpected happens. The thing that, you know, I walk in faith that the Lord has provided for all my needs. And then you get fired and you got to respond. How are you going to respond? You find yourself in this situation. And one of the dudes that I found that has a fantastic story of um, being free in the jail of the body is a dude named Paul. Everybody say Paul. Paul, Paul in Acts chapter 16, verse 25, finds himself in prison um, and before I, you know, read you the thing, I'll, I'll recap for you. Paul, uh, he's one of the dopest dudes in the Bible ever. Um, he, him and his homie, Silas, they were uh, traveling around, and they come across this girl who was, like, all voodoo and, like, witchcrafty and, like, all bleh. And so uh, Paul and Silas, being epic, walked up to her and said, get that demon out of her. And uh, guess what? She was healed. There's no more demons. She was fantastic. Hooray! But, but the Romans were uh, using her gifts to uh, make money. People were going up to her and getting their fortunes read and stuff. And uh, the Romans were not very happy that they lost their cash cow. So they beat up Paul and Silas and threw him in jail. And if you know what jails looked like back then, they weren't, you know, like you don't get like a cell. It's basically a hole in the ground. And that's it. <laughs> with nothing. You can get left there. You forget, you forget about you. They can leave you with no food. You starve to death in there. It's crazy. It's Beat them up, threw them in jail. And uh, this is where we fall, Paul and Silas. Acts chapter 16, verse 25 says, Along about midnight, Paul and Silas were at prayer and singing a robust hymn to God. In jail! The other prisoners couldn't believe their ears. Imagine that, a good attitude being shocking to people. (laughs) Then without warning, a huge earthquake. The jailhouse tottered, every door flew open, And all the prisoners were loose. Paul is in a physical jail, but his mind is free. Why? Because he wasn't focused on the answer to his problem. He was focused on his assignment. He was not focused on, God, why am I in jail? God, deliver me from this prison. God, uh." You know what he was doing? He was worshiping him because he knew God was going to come through anyways, regardless of what happened. Paul's been through some stuff. He's been through stuff wilder than jail. (laughs) His perspective changed. So his answer did eventually come. He could have been sitting there thinking, you know, oh, woe is me. I've been thrown in jail again. It's all over now. I don't know what's going to happen now. But guess what? His assignment came through in Acts chapter 16, verse 27. Startled from the sleep, the, sla- the, 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 the jailer saw all the doors swinging loose on their hinges. Assuming that all the prisoners had escaped, he pulled out his sword and was about to do himself in, figuring he was as good as dead anyway. 
when Paul stopped him and said, don't do that. We're all still here. Nobody's run away. Going on, it says, the jailer got a torch and ran inside. Badly shaken, he collapsed in front of Paul and Silas. He led them out of the jail and asked, sirs, what do I have to do to be saved, to really live? They said, put your entire trust in the master Jesus. Then you'll live as you were meant to live and everyone in your house included goes on they went on to spell out in detail the story of the master that's jesus the entire family got in on this part they never did get to bed that night the jailer made them feel at home dressed their wounds and then he couldn't wait until morning he got baptized and so did everyone in his family and there in his home he had food set out for a festive meal it was a night to remember he and his entire family had put their trust in god everyone in the house was in on the celebration Paul was not focused on his answer of why he was in jail. He was focused on his assignment. You want to know what his assignment was? The jailer and his family. You know what's interesting? Back in um, uh, the first bit, all the, all the jailhouse tottered, every door flew open, all the prisoners were loose. Had Paul been asking for a way out, when those doors opened, he would have bolted, bro. If all he cared about was being delivered, if all he cared about was why, uh, and then the doors opened, he would have been zoom, out of there. But he stayed in his cell because he knew God was doing something. There was a purpose for him being there. Amen. Had he dipped, the jailer would have been dead. It would have been over. Are you going to focus on the answer to your problems or are you going to focus on the assignment you've been given? This is, this is, <laughs> this is tough because I, uh, this actually, this whole message started at a coffee shop uh, with some people I know and they're super dope. Uh, but they went through something like crazy, like life-alteringly crazy. And I myself, like I said, you know, I've been dealing with like loneliness and stuff for a very long time, all that kind of whatever, I'm not going to get into it. But I, for a long time, have been focusing on God, why? God, why? God, why? Why, 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 why? Why am I waiting for this? Why hasn't this person come yet? Why, bleh? Where's my food at? I'm hungry, bleh. And I had lost sight of everything God had done in the meantime. I found an awesome job. I get to do something I love every single day. I provided for, you know, I've got a really cool house situation. I live with my two best friends. Like, it's everything. But I was so focused on what I was missing that if I wasn't careful, I would have lost my assignment. If I had focused purely on what I didn't have, this youth group probably wouldn't be what it is today. Because I would have lost myself in it, dude. My assignment while I'm here is to work on these relationships, work on the flock that God has given me. But if I focus purely on what I don't have, guess what? That's going to walk right past me. It's going to go to the next guy. That happened to the Israelites. The Israelites were so fixated on what they didn't have, why they had to go through all this. Like, guess what? They didn't get to enter the promised land either. They had to wait for the generation under them to take it. I don't want to miss the train, y'all. <laughs> if God is going to do something, I hope he does it to me and not the person after me. So I better stop looking silly. Because I don't want to miss it. You know, I'm kind of thankful um, when we get to heaven that there's probably not going to be any room for complaining or grumbling. 
Because lo and behold, I'm sure there's going to be one person that walks up in there and says, ah, it's too bright in here. God, can you turn the glory down? It's too bright. My eyes hurt. What? You would look ridiculous. <laughs> the same way we look silly walking up in church expecting, oh, God, it's too loud in here. What if the loudest service you ever go to, that word that later is life-changing and you miss it because you're, oh, it's just too loud. I'm sorry, it's, it's, it's an overused example, but like, we know the glory is going to be insane in heaven. We know it's going to be crazy. Guess what? Church is supposed to be heaven on earth, y'all. So don't ask God to turn the glory down. God, like, no, we need more of that. But it's funny because we don't realize that's what we're saying. God, I want a better house. Did you forget you were homeless last month? God's glory was pretty popping when he bought your house you have now. But no, it's too much for me. If everybody would please stand. Sorry, I forget I got to actually wrap this up, you know. I don't know about y'all, but I'm trying to learn karate. Anybody else? Not physically, that would be a nightmare. But you know what I'm trying to say? I no longer, I, dude, it's, it's been a fight because there's, so there's so many things that just come out like so easy. I walked out in the lobby today and the sun was in my eyes. I'm like, ugh. I'm like, what? It's like the little things. It doesn't have to get that granular if you don't want it to, but like even I was like, ugh, why am I complaining about the sun? <laughs> it brings life to the world. And I'm complaining because it's too bright. Uh. <laughs> it can get kind of silly but there's so much truth to it because God has brought you from a really bad place to a really good one. If you just trust him to guide your steps every step along the way, you know? So with that being said, every uh, head bowed, every eye closed. <clears throat> um, no altar call yet, but I am gonna ask a question and this is gonna require some class participation with everybody's head bowed and everybody's eyes closed. Nobody look around, please. Um, we're talking a lot about uh, accountability and youth as of recently, and I'm out to be y'all's accountability partner, yeah? So if you would like to walk into 2023 not focused on why, but focused on what God is trying to teach you, you want to learn how to complain a little bit less, and that sounds really harsh, <laughs> But if you want to make 2023 the year that you are focused on your assignment and not your answer, I want to see your hand in the air, please. Just between you and the Lord. That's epic. That's insane. All right, y'all can put your hands down. Thank you so much. See, God saw that too. He saw the willingness to complete the assignment. The trick is not letting that assignment turn into grumbling the second you accomplish it. We see it in, in, all the time. You know, we finally get what it is we're trying, to, we're trying to achieve so hard. And once we get it, once it's ours, we kind of lose sight of it. I would implore you, do not lose sight of that. God has done so much in your life. He's done so much in my life. It's a challenge. It takes a little bit of uh, rewiring of the brain. But praise him for it. Don't let your grumbling turn to grumbling. Don't let your praising turn to grumbling. Keep it praise because he deserves all of it. Amen.
Maybe you're in here, I'm gonna do altar call now. <laughs> Maybe you're in here and uh, you don't know about the God we've been talking about. You don't know about all the things. You don't know about the, the great provider that is our Lord. But as you've been sitting here, you've kind of connected the dots. You've seen where God has uh, placed his hand on your life. He's, you've seen how he's kind of ushered you into where you are today. So I believe all y'all are here for a purpose. If you don't know Jesus, if you've never accepted him as Lord of your life, make today that day. I'm gonna ask you to be bold. I'm gonna ask you to raise your hand. If you do not know Jesus, but you would like to and make that today, make that decision today, I'll pray with you. You've got prayer team members, I'll pray with you. Well, praise God for that. I'd also ask if you, uh, if you've never accepted the baptism of the Holy Spirit with evidence of speaking in tongues and doing all the cool stuff that God says we can do through his power. If you have not accepted the Holy Spirit today, that's what equips us to, uh, to keep the fight going. I, myself, couldn't preach without the Holy Spirit, bro. I'm not a very good talker. <laughs> but God has graced me with his spirit that has given me the ability to do so. If you want a little bit of that power, if you have not received the Holy Spirit before, you will make that today. You will see your hand in the air. I'll get you hooked up, somebody that will pray with you. Cool, cool. Well, Father God, thank you so much for today. Thank you for this word that you have uh, given me. I pray that you um, bless these people that have come and given their Sunday to you to worship you and learn more about you. God, I pray that you bless that time back to them. Um, I pray as we go out through our week, that your spirit be upon us to watch what we say because our words have power in your name. Lord, we, we thank you for all that you have done for us. We thank you for deliverance from Egypt. We thank you for what's coming next. We thank you for our assignments that we have here, whether that's being a good mom or a good daughter or a good coworker or a good whatever, God. We thank you for the assignment you've given us. I pray that you give us the strength to work at it, to get better at it, to keep moving the ball forward because we don't want to get stuck wandering. <laughs> God, I pray that you give us the strength to not look, at, look, not look for our answers, but look at our assignment. Look at what God is trying to teach us, what God is trying to get us to. I pray that we're going to have an awesome time of worship here in just a second. I pray all these things in Jesus' name. Everybody said? Amen. Amen.